Welcome to Authors of Impact. I'm your host, Jazz Rawlinson, best-selling author, book coach, and all-round lover of impactful stories. Join with me as we go behind the memoir with some of the world's most influential authors, revealing the secrets and strategies that have helped each writer go from big idea to author of impact. I'll also share with you the techniques and tips that I use as a book coach and author that can help you better navigate the writing and publishing process for yourself. If you're ready to become an author of impact, this is the place for you. Hey there, Changemaker, and welcome back to Authors of Impact. I'm your host, Jess Rawlinson, and for a bit of fun, I thought that today we would do a Ask Me Anything session. So I love when I listen to podcasts and the hosts do, you know, and Ask Me Anything because it means that I get to learn even more from them. And just brings a bit a bit of realness to the podcast. So since I've been traveling and on the road a little bit lately for workshops, um, some writing workshops and, you know, coaching around that, I thought that I would answer a couple of common questions that I get um, from my own clients and also that I've had come up at workshops as well. So hopefully this will be a bit of fun for you and maybe you might even hear one of your questions in here as well. Before I do dive into it as well, though, I did want to say that if you ever do have a question that you want me to answer, you can always get in touch. Just give me an email, info at jazzrawlinson.com or send me a DM on socials and just let me know what question you'd like me to answer on the podcast and maybe your question will be in one of the next episodes. So, all right, these are some questions that I've had recently or that I commonly get asked. One that was really interesting, and this actually came up for me in a recent workshop that I was doing um, with some domestic violence survivors, and one of them said, have you had any pushback since publishing your books, and particularly since publishing The Stories We Carry, which is my fourth book, my most recent release, and that it's my memoir, you know, it's all about my story. So she said, you know, have you had any, basically anybody hating on you, anybody coming against you? Have you had issues with you know, people claiming defamation or any of those things that we, you know, all of those fears that we can so often have when we're thinking about sharing our personal stories. For me, I said, I I do feel like I've been pretty lucky. I think because my dad isn't around anymore. And if you're new to my work, you know, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. If you want to, you can read my book. But, you know, my, my dad took his own life when I was 18 and he was also the perpetrator of domestic violence in our house. So I think in some ways I'm very lucky in that obviously I don't have to worry about, you know, an abusive parent coming out and countering what I'm saying and coming after me for revealing things um, about our family. But that doesn't mean that I haven't still had things that have been hard for me. I've still had fears about what certain family, extended family members might say, or even just worrying about how speaking the truth might impact my mom and whether she's comfortable with everything that I share. I guess the biggest thing, and this is what I shared in the workshop that I did recently, was that you have to come to a place, and I've said this before, but you know it's so true, you have to come to a place where you are so rock solid in your belief in why you're doing this. You know, you're so you're so rock solid in your convictions about why you're doing this, who you're here to serve, who you want to help, that nothing is going to stop you from telling the truth and putting your story out there. And, you know, I'm really big on 
not using this this phrase and these buzzwords that are so often used in the media these days about speaking my truth. You know, I'm speaking my truth. For me, I never say that. I am speaking the truth. It's not my truth. This is the truth. There is there's only one truth when it comes to things of this nature around, you know, who is the abuser and um, who has been the one that's been abused. Um, and this can, you know, be relevant to so many other issues as well. But for me, you know, that's what I came back to. I'm speaking the truth about my experiences and I keep it as much as possible to my experiences. Yes, I do anonymously talk about people who've um, created trauma for me or who have been not great people in my past, but I, I always do it um, as gracefully as possible uh, where where possible. And for those who've, you know, you know, if I'm talking about the person that assaulted me, of course, I'm not going to be saying that they're a wonderful person and I understand that they had a hard life or anything like that. But, you know, I've talked, I've, I've not put in any identifiable details, so I don't feel bad and I don't worry about whether that person's family um, sees my book and knows that I've written about it. And there are, some, there are some nuances to this. There are some reasons why, and one of those is that last year the person who assaulted me was actually convicted of um, crimes against um, a partner of his. So I feel like it's now, I feel like people finally know the truth about him, um, particularly in the particular town that he lives in. But I feel like, you know, the world now kind of knows who he is because he was found guilty of that. And even though I chose uh, at that time not to go through the court system on my healing journey, I know that at least the world knows the truth about who he is as a person and the crimes that he has committed, or at least some of them. So for that reason, I don't really fear him seeing my book. I don't fear his family seeing my book. But that doesn't mean that I haven't had fears along the way or that I haven't, you know, been rattled along the way. And I, I did share this story a little bit in an earlier episode, but there were a couple of things that happened to me last year when I was just finishing off the draft of the stories we carry and getting it ready for publishing. There are a few things that happened that you I just could not make these stories up. You know, if you're a bit of a spiritual person, you would say that either maybe Mercury was definitely in retrograde at this time, or that maybe things were just aligning to, I guess, bring me to a place of further healing. But what happened was that literally I'd finished the manuscript. It was getting ready for, for publishing. And I remember that I was doing an interview with a particular media outlet and I'd done the interview, it was all good, it was set to go and I decided to go to their Facebook page and just see when when the next, um, you know, what date it might be coming out. I was going to have a look at some of their dates for publishing and um, things like that. I'm sort of trying to be careful about what I'm saying here if you're wondering why I'm being a little bit elusive. So I went to their Facebook to check a certain detail so that I could work out when my interview would be coming out. And the very first thing I saw at the top of their page was a photograph of one of the family members of the man who abused me. And I was, I'll be honest, there are a lot of swear words flying around. I was very, very rattled. I was very triggered. I don't like to use that word a lot, but it definitely was something that was triggering for me to see this person and not because they are a bad person or they've done anything wrong. You know, this person was always lovely when I knew them. 
when I used to hang out with, um, you know, this, this person who went on to assault me. But I was really quite rattled because one of the things that I did in the lead up to my book coming out was to go and find all of the people who had done me harm and all their family members and block them, every single one just to try and minimize the chances that they would come up in my feed or that my book would come up in their feed. But you know what? Once you put your story out there, you, you can't control these things. And this was an example of that. Not only was it crazy that I saw a photograph of this family member at the top of their Facebook page, but the reason was because this person had just started working for the media outlet that had interviewed me. So at that moment, you know, even though I was or I had these really strong convictions about telling my story and why I was doing it, I did have a moment where I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, like, oh, no, what happens if they shut me down? Like, what happens if they find out that this this is the family member of the person that assaulted me who I briefly talked about in this interview? What if they cancel the interview? Or what if they now don't believe me? What if the media outlet doesn't believe me? What if they prioritise this person over me? What if the family member comes after me and asks me about this but after a couple of days when my nervous system had settled I just had to come back to the the truth that I am telling the truth I have done this in you know a smart way I haven't said anything identifiable about the person nobody except for maybe the family members would know who I'm talking about and so that's that and I'm going to keep going um so you know that was something really big that came out last year on top of that Around the same time, I had I googled this man, and I got to tell you, he doesn't really have a digital footprint. But you know, like most people who've been through abuse, like every now and then you Google that person's name, and what do I see come up? He was in court. He was in court for abusing his partner, and so that again was like another thing that really rattled me. And yeah, it was very difficult. And you know, aside from that whole situation, I've had to think about you know, worrying that extended family members or some family of my dad's might be upset about me speaking out about my dad. And so, yeah, it hasn't hasn't been completely easy for me. But, you know, the short answer is I have been very lucky. I haven't had anybody really hating on me. And, you know, any criticism that I do get, I just have to remember why I'm doing this and that I'm not writing this for the people who don't support me or the people who've hurt me in the past. I'm writing this for the people, for the women, for the children who have been through traumas like myself or, you know, are survivors of DV or other things and, and really looking for somebody to speak to them and give them hope for the future and to, to show them that life can and does get better. So that's kind of my long answer to that question. So the next question that I had recently was, should I start my book at the beginning of my life like should I start from childhood and talk through all the things I went through in childhood and then how it led me into you know certain situations that I went into when I was when I was an adult um, and this is a really tricky question because it completely depends on you your story and your writing style because to be honest you can do either there are great books that I've read out there where somebody you know, there's a lot to their childhood, but they really haven't um, spent a lot of time on that. Instead, they've kind of fast forwarded to what sort of, what was the the critical, you know, what was sort of the lead up to um, a very 
a, catal- a catalyst that happened, you know, in their adult um, life. I'm sort of trying to think of examples here, sorry, but you know, you can start in your adulthood and then just sort of give a little bit of context of what happened in your earlier life and how that shaped you. Or you can go through, um, you know, the whole thing. It really depends on what your lived experiences are, what your story is. For me, when I was thinking about writing the stories we carry, I actually was thinking about starting it later in my life and just talking about kind of about the relationship I got into that led to that assault and then how I got through that. And I wanted it to be, you know, really focusing on my advocacy, my business, and yeah, just really showing the journey of um, rising above, you know, DV and SA and those sorts of things. But as I began writing, I realized that for me, I did really need to spend quite a bit of time talking about what my teenage years were like in a household with domestic violence, because that was so pivotal, um, so pivotal to shaping the person that I am. Um, and it had such a huge role to play in why I went into, you know, a number of really toxic relationships and situations, which included that one that ended, ended in assault. So I felt for me that I really needed to dive into stuff that happened in my earlier life. However, that said, you don't need to start your book with the whole, I was born in <laughs> 1987 in a town called blah, blah, blah. My parents worked in this and that you know you don't you don't have to start it like that and I would strongly discourage you from doing that because it is the easiest way to turn a read off or at least me speaking personally I hate when books start with I was born in blah 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 and my parents did this and that and my my dad was a uh I don't know a painter and my mother was a local teacher and <laughs> I don't know like that's great I know that people usually want to honor their families and kind of talk about family history but you know, there's a way to do it without boring the reader. And writing a memoir doesn't mean you write every single thing in your whole life. That's that's an autobiography. And for most of us, you know, we're not going to, probably not going to have autobiographies unless we get super famous and somebody writes one about us. But when it comes to your story, you need to look at what the lived experiences are that you've gone through, how they've shaped you, and then Think about where do I want the story to start and how much am I going to reveal about each of these things? And then think about it. Do I start, you know, do I write my book the way that, for example, the way that um, I did with the stories we carry, where I did write pretty much from my teenage years through to about the age of 30? Um, I'm 38 now. Or do I, you know, or you ask yourself, do I write um, in the other kind of example that Jazz gave where, it could be, you know, writing about a certain moment um, in my life, which is in my adulthood, and I can just give a bit of context to some of the things that happened before that and how they shaped me. So it's a bit of a tricky question to answer, but, you know, I just want to encourage you to re- remember that writing a book, and particularly a memoir, is all about getting creative and letting the story and the journey reveal itself to you as you're writing. So I hope you found that one interesting too. Uh, Another question I got asked recently was about inclusivity and somebody said, I really want to make my book inclusive to a lot of different people. Um, You know, I want to make sure that everybody, you know, feels really welcomed by my book and that, you know, I'm making, yeah, I'm just making everybody feel um, accepted and I'm not making people feel left out or offended. And it's really interesting getting this question because you want to know the truth? You can't please everyone. And if you try to please everyone, you are actually more likely 
uh, to have the book fall flat. The book is actually less likely to make the impact you want if you're just trying to make everybody happy. Now, there is a little bit of a way around this, and I'll share that in a moment, but it's really important when we're writing a book to, to dive really deep into who we're writing this book for. And this is something I do with my new clients in the very first session before we get into anything about the book writing. It's about diving into the demographics of who their ideal reader is and really understanding that so that they can write for that person so that they can make sure that that person feels seen and heard and accepted. And, you know, here's the thing. I've been pretty open about the fact that not everybody's going to love my book and that's okay. I remember when I posted my book on Goodreads when it was ready for review and I was actually asking some different people if they would be interested in reading it to give an honest review. And I literally wrote, this is not a book for people who are still in victim mode. If you don't want to take responsibility for your life, if you want to, like if you have a victim complex and you're still in that place, and look, I understand because I used to very much see the world as always, you know, trying to defeat me. Nothing works out for me. You know, I, I'm so unlucky. You know, I had this real victim mentality about everything. And so I do understand that. I have empathy for it. But if you're still in that frame of mind, you're probably not going to resonate with my book because all of my books, you know, the, my series, Reasons to Live One More Day Every Day, and my new book, The Stories We Carry, they're all about uh, in empowering people to rise above trauma or to rise, you know, alongside their trauma and find that, that you know, life of peace and fulfillment and joy that's waiting for them and understanding that even if, you know, even if they still live with um, parts of their trauma, that that trauma doesn't have to be a life sentence. And so there are some people that that's going to sting a little when they hear that. They're going to say, no, like my my traumas are a life sentence and I will live with these forever and they will always impact me and, you know, I'm always going to be broken in some way. And that's just a very different frame of mind to my ideal readers and my community and myself. So, you know, I, you, can't, uh, you can't please everyone. I'm also a very opinionated person. Like I have these two sides of myself that um, a lot of people work with me as a book coach because I'm deeply empathetic. You know, I'm I'm able to hold space for my clients in a really special way. And that's, um, you know, a gift that I'm very, very, you know, I feel so blessed to, to have that. But I'm a very opinionated person as well. And if you follow me on socials, you'll, you'll know that. And so I know that there are going to be people that don't resonate with everything I say. And I purposely haven't tried to make my book inclusive to every single person and every single way of thinking because you just can't and if you do that you lose the power of of your book and your voice so just remember that you know you you can't please everyone you need to know who your ideal reader is um if you're feeling stuck with that and you're not sure how to actually find out who your ideal reader is um you're always welcome to reach out if you're interested in doing some book coaching with me or if you're interested in doing my self-paced writing course you know, just um, just go to jazzrollinson.com slash write your book. Um, you'll find some more info on there. However, there is something I came across recently and it's actually in um, the book A Mother's Pleasure by Regan Fig. I actually recently interviewed Regan on here. I was really interested in this kind of inclusion statement that she has at the, the very beginning of her book. So I'm just going to find it for you and read it. 
and I hope uh, Regan doesn't mind this, but, you know, it's a bit of a shout-out for her. So she's got something called an inclusivity statement at the beginning. She's also got a safety statement. Um, But she said, you know, in this book I often speak in the language that is relevant to my experience of motherhood, sexuality, and gender identity. I refer to myself as a woman and mother, mothering. Should you identify differently to me, it is my hope that you can draw parallels with your own experiences as I share my story. Um, And she's got a little bit more in there about, you know, basically that everybody's welcome. But I thought that was a really beautiful way just to, um, you know, make people feel included without having to spend so much time in the book kind of adding little notes to everything you say to make sure that everybody's happy with it. So I hope that one has been helpful for you as well. And the very last question that I wanted to dive into is, do I have to ask permission to include people's conversations or quotes in the book? So this was asked in a group coaching session recently with my wonderful group, Women of Impact. And somebody was saying, you know, I really want to include a quote um, or something that my naturopath once said to me. I thought it was such a beautiful quote and it's so powerful and I really want to include it in my book. And, you know, here's the thing. In some cases, you definitely do need to get permission. Um, When I was writing my Reasons to Live series, which is an anthology, um, three books in an anthology series, I would make sure that every person that I was coaching to write their story had a signed contract. I did up the contract. I had someone help me do it. And I would send it to my clients to sign. And then I would also get them to send it to anybody that they had quoted or you um, or included in their story by their name. So if you're including people by their real names and you want to do that, then you absolutely do need to just reach out and at least give them a heads up and ask. To give you some real life examples, when I was writing the stories we carry, I actually used aliases for most people. And this was because I just simply didn't want to have to go through the process of asking every single person for permission. However, there were a couple of people who I used their real name or I used um, a one of their nicknames. And so I reached out to them and just said, hey, I would love to include this story, um, you know, this, this part of my life. You might remember this road trip we went on. Or uh, for example, if you've read my book, you'll remember I talk about a road trip I went on with my friend Searle. And I reached out to him and said, um, you might remember this trip we took and I'd really love to include one of the conversations that we had during that road trip because it was so pivotal to my healing journey. And I said, I've included it in a Google Doc. Here's the link. I would love if you would consider reading it. And if you're okay with me including this um, and your nickname, or if you'd prefer me to give you like just a random name, like um, John or Ryan or something like that, and he was completely fine with it. And, you know, because he's somebody that I know closely, it I didn't really need to do the whole contract thing. However, with other books, yeah, if, if I was mentioning somebody by name and it easily identified them, I would just send them an email or like you don't have to do a contract. You can just send an email and say, here's a section I'd like to include with your name in it. Are you okay with this? And just get them to email back, yes or no, and let you know what ink, what um, edits they want you to make. Most of the time, people are fine with it because if you're writing favorably about someone, you know, they're not going to care. With my client's story about including the quote from her naturopath, I said, I don't think you need to ask for permission at all. Like as long as you're not using something that's trademarked by your naturopath or a well-known quote, um, 
that's from someone else like Brene Brown. But even then, like if it's if it's all over YouTube and, you know, everywhere, it's probably fine to use. But yeah, I said, I don't think you need to ask permission. Nobody's going to know who your naturopath is. You can just um, talk about this really, you know, powerful conversation that you had with your naturopath or with one of your, your health um, practitioners. You can just say that. But I did say, you know, you can reach out and ask if you want, if you want to give her a bit of a shout out, but I'm sure she's not going to care. I'm sure she's going to be thrilled that she played that role in your life and that she is being included in your book. So I hope you found that question really helpful as well. I think it's a really interesting thing. As I said, it kind of comes back to what you're sharing and if you're easily identifying the person. It never harms just to send an email and just, you know, include the section that you want to include and ask them. But when it comes to other people who maybe haven't been a positive person in your life, of course, you're probably not likely to reach out to them. So you just need to make sure you take out all identifying details. So those are a couple of questions for today's Ask Me Anything session. I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, Please feel free to reach out and let me know if you'd like me to do more of these. It's a bit fun for me. It's a bit something a bit different. And um, yeah, as always, I love to hear from you. So you can look me up on socials and uh, or send me an email, info at jazzrollinson.com. And yeah, that's all for today. Of course, if you're looking for more help with your own writing journey and you're looking for some book coaching or some ghostwriting, you can always reach out to me. Just go to jazzrollinson.com slash book coaching. All right, that's all for this week. Wishing you a beautiful rest of the week wherever you are and I will um, speak with you again soon in the next episode. Hey there, Changemaker. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you're feeling ready to take the next step in your author journey. As always, I'd love for you to hit the subscribe notification so that you can be the first to know when new episodes drop. And of course, if you're feeling ready to take the next step with your own writing and publishing journey and you're looking for one-on-one support, I would love for you to reach out to me at jazzrollinson.com slash bookcoaching. Until next time, keep writing, keep creating impact. And remember, there is always someone out there waiting for a story just like yours.